The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 through 56, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1563. St. Mark, chapter 6, 45 through 46. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. And while he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. And later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that the disciples were straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. And they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. And when they had crossed over, they landed at Genesaret, and they anchored there, and As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. And they ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. And they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I've got some stories to tell you this morning that I recently heard. And again, I will tell you in a proper proclamation, if the pastor does it and he gets out of the way, it's going to follow a, you need Jesus. This is what Jesus has done. And come. Here is Jesus right now. But the first part is you need Jesus. I heard a story from a pastor that one of his congregants, a woman, devout, she um, asked the pastor to come over to her house as her husband was nearing time to pass away. And this, this man never went to church. In fact, he was an unbeliever. In fact, he made no bones about it that he was an unbeliever. And 
So the pastor went upstairs to talk to the man and he told him about the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. The man said to him, he says, now preacher, you don't have to go through all that for me. He says, I've been pretty good. I've been honest and I've been kind. You don't have to tell me all that. I'll take my chances. The pastor said to him, what if it is such that you've got no chance at all without him? And the man said, Pastor, I appreciate it, but I'll take my chances. And that was it. You see, that man, the pastor said, passed away that day without having repented and believed. Another story. Another old man, a prominent man in Southern California many years ago was on his deathbed, as they say. And he called his children to be by him. There were four boys. Three of them had walked with the Lord. Three of them knew the saving grace. They were baptized believers. One of them wasn't. In fact, he had run away, and they had brought him back from the East Coast. And the boys were assembled around their father's bed. And the old man said to each one of the sons, to the one side, he says, uh, I'll see you in the morning. Oftentimes people will say that. It's, it's, there is no time in heaven. It's as if I'll see you in the morning. To another, he said, I'll see you soon. And to the third son, he said, I will see you one day in his time. And to the fourth son, he said, goodbye, son. The son said, Daddy, why? What? Why can't you say, you'll see me in the morning? He says, son, the way you've been living your life, you are unrepentant. This is the last time I will ever see you. And with that, the young man fell to his knees and he asked God for forgiveness. He repented and he believed. And there was joy in that house because healing had come. And the father said, I'll see you in the morning, son. You need Jesus, I need Jesus, our children need Jesus, our neighbors need Jesus, our community, this world needs Jesus. People are in two types of states. They're either active or reactive. React is pretty easy to, to describe. Reactive people are people that wait for you to say something to them or about them, and they react. Here's an example. Have you ever been in a car, and someone's eating an apple, and they get down to the core and they toss the apple out the window? That's littering. And, and you can say something like, 
That's littering. They'll go, no, it's not. You say, well, I notice you don't throw any money out the window. That's littering. And their reaction will be, no, it's for the animals. For something to eat. Reactive. Okay, great. Here's some reaction too. So the animal comes down to the highway one night to get a healthy snack. And a Winnebago runs over him. Reactive. Now, here's an active example. There was a man that had been working for a company for 15 years, and his boss came to him and gave him his notice that he had been laid off. And uh, the boss was heartbroken, and so were the employees around. He was a good employee. And the man cleared out his desk, and he wasn't, didn't have to leave that day. He had time. But he cleared his desk out and he cleaned things up and he went away before lunch. But he didn't come back after lunch and people started to get worried. They wondered where could he be. And it got close to five o'clock and here he came and he's wearing a brand new company logo shirt. And he had spent all that time writing 60 thank you notes. To every employee that was there that had been there during his 15 years and what they meant to him. Active. And when asked, why are you wearing that shirt? Aren't you upset? He says, no. This company has been so good to me for 15 years. They've, I've learned so much from this. I've become uh, very good because of the training that I got. And you know what? I can't wait to see what God has in store for me next. That's active. Now let's talk about our readings today. Here we have the boys (laughs) in the boat. And they're been dismissed by Jesus. And you'll remember um, that they just seen a miracle. You know, they were reactive. Jesus, you know, they said to him last week, you remember from the, from the readings, we got a lot of people here, Jesus, and you need to send them away so they can go get something to eat because we just don't have that kind of money to pay for it and, and so forth. He goes, Jesus said to him, what? He says, you feed them, right? And he says, how much, what food do we have? And, and they had five loaves, right, and two fish. And Jesus took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it. Sound familiar? And what was it, 5,000 were fed, something like that, right? Men, remember that? So we know that there were women there too, and children. So a whole lot of people were fed. The, the, the apostles were reactive. What are you, nuts? Five loaves of bread, how are you going to do that? They didn't get it. They just didn't get it. We're in the 10th week of Pentecost, and that's when the power came, and that's when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers, correct? Right? And that caused them and allowed them to be active rather than reactive. 
And so here we have the scene. Jesus had just fed all those people. He sent the guys across the lake on the boat. He went up on a hill to pray alone. He had dismissed the people. Jesus knew that storm was there. It was about four hours or so that they were toiling through the night to get across. And he comes and he walks out there. And it says that he almost walked by them. Did you, did you see that? Did you hear that? It's like, what is he going to, you know, Jesus was walking. It said right here, it says um, that. Immediately he made him go. Later that night, uh, shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. So he was going to walk by him. Well, that that points to uh, an earlier story when Moses said, let me see you. And God says, you can't look at me, you'll die. No, I got to see you. He goes, all right, I'll tell you what. Cleft to the rock, God put his hand over him, and then he walked by him so that he could see his glory. There's a little bit of a parallel there with Christ. Christ was showing his divinity. He's walking on water in front of these guys. By the way, the second time, right? These guys just didn't get it. And, and they, we hear in the, the weeks coming, they still don't get it. They're still reactive. What happened? Well, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They were in the flesh. They were being reactive. They're saying, I have to see with my own eyes. I, you have to prove it to me. And even when he proved it to them, they still didn't get it. Now, we are kind of that way, too. We have this propensity to want to know why God is doing what he's doing. We want to we look not straight at the cross. Good theologians of the cross look at what Christ did. Him crucified. Him resurrected. But theologians of glory want to come along the side and they want to see, you know, if God's doing something like that, you know, we want to know. We want to, we want to kind of like see. We want to get into, into God's dresser drawers. Anyone do that when you were a kid? Do you ever go through your parents' dresser drawers? You don't want to see what's in there, you know. And, 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 and God says, no, you can't do that, you know. My ways aren't your ways. But we still want to do that. And we are still in this reactive type of a, of a mode. And it's our flesh. It's our flesh. So what does Jesus continue to do? Well, he gets in the boat and they go to Genesaret or Genesaret or Genesaret. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that place. And the people heard, and they brought their sick, and they felt, if only I touched the edge of his... And who else did that a few weeks about ago? The woman, right? Who had had the horrible hemorrhaging for many years, 10 years or 12 years. 12 years. And she just touched the edge. Jesus heals. Jesus is walking with them. And some see it, some get it, and some don't. There's another point here in Jesus saying to these to his disciples, he says to them and he says to you and me, he says, take heart. It is I. 
the one that's walking on water, the one who causes storms to subside. Fear not, it is me. Fear subsides with Christ. Disease is eradicated with Christ. This is what Jesus does. And yes, death is no more from what Christ has done, his perfect work on the cross. And Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians this morning, it's a prayer. He is telling them that Christ can do far more abundant things than we can even imagine. With Christ, there are no boundaries, no walls, no chasms, nothing that keeps us from God with Christ. And he even goes so far as to say to know the height and the width and the depth of God's love. He's trying to put it in perspective that you and I can imagine. You know, we can imagine the size and the height of this building. But we also know that God's love and God's providence and God's grace and God's mercy cannot be measured. And yet, don't we always want to go and we're going to sneak up on God and say, hey, what are you measuring now? You know, we want to look back here and see what God is doing. But he's saying, no, it's so big, you can't measure it. So what am I supposed to do with it? He's big. I get it, Pastor Ken. He's got it covered. He walks on water. People touch his gown and and they're healed. And I can be active or I can be reactive. And sometimes when I'm at my best, I'm active. A lot more times I'm reactive. Well, this is what we have. We have the ability like that son that the father said goodbye To us, the Father says, I'll see you in the morning. Even if we are reactive. We feel better when we're active. How do we stay active? We stay close. We sit close together. We row this boat together. We engage with each other actively with this heart that says, Boy, I can't wait to work side by side with this person for this goal, for this mission. I can't wait for Sunday to sit and worship with my friends because I sit in the same place every time. Yeah, I am right, huh? That's, that's Lutheran, right? But, but we, we've already been covered by what Christ has done. Christ became sin for us. And so like that man that says, I'll take my chances, he had no chance. Because he stood there guilty as a sinner. But for those who repent and believe and are baptized, we stand there clothed in Christ. We stand there clothed and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so... The chance doesn't even come into it. We're in. We're in. And God gives us reminders of his covenant. 
the last part of this. The covenant that God made with Noah and his sons and all the animals of the earth. Who can make a covenant? Only God. A lasting, everlasting covenant. And he made that promise that he would never destroy the whole earth again in a flood. And then every Sunday, Jesus, the words of Jesus, this is the new. Remember when I couldn't remember the word? (laughs) This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Who can make a covenant? God. Jesus is God, the new covenant. Here's Jesus. And in a few minutes, we will come up and to the Lord's table. We'll have a family gathering again, and we will hold hands, and we will partake in the true body and the true blood of Jesus Christ. We will have grace poured out upon us, upon us, upon us. And we will walk out of here Our sins are forgiven. We are refreshed. We have the spirit to help us to be active rather than reactive. We have the the pep and the energy to go out and love God and to share Jesus. Why? Because I think that you all want to say to those you love and those that you come across, I'll see you in the morning rather than goodbye. In the name of Jesus, amen.